to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. Good morning. Good to have you with us here in this service. And I'm going to continue this series entitled, We Don't Handle Snakes. And I'm going to be reading this morning from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. I want to read just one verse. It says, And these signs will follow those who believe. They will speak with new tongues. They will speak with new tongues. One of our church deacons, Mark Brown, uh, a number of years ago, had to go to Baton Rouge uh, and spend some time because of work. A co-worker went with him. He told me that while they were down there, he talked his co-worker into uh, going to church with him, and they went to a Pentecostal church. Uh, While they were there, during the service, somebody spoke in tongues. Now, this was not new to Mark, but it was new to his co-worker. Well, the service ended. They went out for lunch, and Mark asked his friend, his co-worker, well, what did you think of the church, and what did you think of the service? And the co-worker said, well, I liked it. He said, now, it was different. And he said, I really wasn't sure about that person speaking in that foreign, strange language. And then he said, it must be a Cajun thing. Well, it's not a Cajun thing, but he's right. It is different. And speaking in tongues is a dynamic of spirit-filled churches and of people who call themselves Pentecostals. We don't handle snakes, but we do, admittedly, speak in tongues. Um, In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus talks about signs that will follow the people who follow him, people who claim to be his his followers and, and people who believe in him, and he proclaims in Mark chapter 16, that his followers would speak in tongues. And I I just think it's worth, right out of the gate this morning, thinking about this. Jesus is talking about speaking in tongues. He is not approaching it as a weird subject. He doesn't see it as something that's unusual or foreign. He sees it that it's something that comes from him, that is divine, that is supernatural, that flows out of him and ultimately out of the Holy Spirit that's, that should be, don't, don't miss this, should be part of the believer's life. And I think it's important, <clears throat> excuse me, that Jesus says that, that speaking in tongues is a sign. And that word in the Greek means that it, that it is a mark, an indicator, uh, a, 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 an, an indication that you are a follower of Jesus. So I want you to get this this morning It is something attesting to the authenticity of your faith. So many times people think about speaking in tongues and they think, well, that's something that Pentecostal people do. It's something that spirit-filled churches do. It's not something that non-Pentecostal churches do. It's just kind of a thing that you guys do and and it's sort of weird and it's sort of different. But you've got to get this. 
just because we do and other churches don't doesn't mean that it is, it is specific only to, to Pentecostal churches or that it's supposed to only be specific. Jesus says this ought to be an indicator in all believers' lives. I think that's something to get a hold of, that, 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 that that's something that will testify that you are a child of God. And if you read the book of Acts, which is the history of the early church, you will find that it is replete with stories and accounts of people, believers, speaking in tongues, and it was normal for them. It was normal for them, where some people say, well, that's, that's abnormal. We don't do that in our church. I don't do that. That's, that's not normal. But you have to understand, if you were in the early church, it would have been very normal. Most churches you would have gone to, maybe all churches you would have gone to, would have been spirit-filled churches and you would have heard speaking in tongues. So let's look at this for more this for, at this this morning. What is speaking in tongues? We hear about it. Maybe we think we know what it is. Let me just give you my definition. Speaking in tongues is the God-given ability to speak in a distinct language unknown to the speaker, okay? As the Holy Spirit enables and inspires him to speak. So you're speaking in a language that you don't know. Okay, but it is the Holy Spirit who is giving you the words to to say. And the individual speaks either in a language that is not of this world or a language that is of this world, okay, English, Spanish, German, French, whatever, but it is unknown to the speaker, okay? Um, Let me just share something with you to get you thinking. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is commonly called the love language, or the love um, uh, chapter, excuse me, uh, Paul begins that powerful, well-known verse in the Bible with this. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Now just stop right there. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels. Now, we know what he meant when he said the tongue of men. That would be, for him, that would have been Aramaic or Greek or, or Hebrew, the, the languages that they spoke in Paul's time. For us, it would be English here in, in, in America. But he also mentions the tongue of angels. Now, in my American southern mind, I, I think that everybody in heaven speaks English and probably Southern English, okay? They say y'all up in heaven. That's what my mind wants to think. The reality is that there are people in heaven from all walks of life, from every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation that speak all kinds of languages, all right? But what about the angels? If we were all honest, we think the angels speak Southern English, and the angels say y'all, okay? But that's not true. Paul says the angels have their own language, all right? So if you heard an angel speak, unless it's speaking English to you, the angel speaking English, you couldn't understand the angel. They have an angelic tongue. My point is, Paul says, it's in the Bible, there is a heavenly language that is a language of the angels. I want you to see that because that helps us to understand that speaking in tongues uh, when you hear people speaking in tongues, that it's a supernatural work of God, and, and it's not an angelic tongue, it's a divine tongue, because it's, it's the Holy Spirit of God speaking through you. 
So you've got our, our languages and you've got an angelic language, but then you've got the divine language of God when God speaks through you. And, and we need to admit that speaking in tongues is a good thing and speaking in tongues is a God thing. James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Speaking in tongues is not a bad thing. Speaking in tongues is a good thing. It's, it's a gift from God. It's inherently good, and it should be treated as something precious and holy. And I can stand here and, and share with you uh, without reservation, with no shame, without any hindrance. I am spirit-filled, and I, I speak in tongues. I pray in tongues. I have operated in the gift of tongues. I have a prayer language uh, that I, I pray in a heavenly language. I don't, I'm not ashamed of that. I would tell anybody that. If they thought it was weird, I'd say, look, that's your problem, not mine. It may be weird for you, but it's normal for me. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's something that, that I do because I'm spirit-filled and I've learned the power of that and I've learned how to, how to do that and how that's a a good blessing that's in my life, okay? And I'm in awe every time I speak in tongues. I'm in awe by it. I'm, I'm humbled by it that God, the Holy Spirit, would actually pray through me or speak through me in a, in a divine, heavenly language. It, it just blows me away. But let me just say this. I cringe. I cringe in a holy fear and sometimes in disgust when I hear people mock the Holy Spirit, and they'll mock speaking in tongues, and they'll ridicule speaking in tongues. I, I don't like that. I think, I think you need to be careful to never do that because it, the Holy Spirit is speaking, and he's holy, and his work is holy, and you don't ever want to make fun of something the Holy Spirit is doing. And I, and I don't like it when people uh, act like they're speaking in tongues. You know, they just talk in gibberish, and they do it to get a laugh, to be a joke. I just, I don't like that. I, I have a sense of humor. I love to tell jokes. Uh, the people who know me know that I'm a, I'm a cut up, but now I have a line. I draw a line at that. I don't like that. And if somebody does it, I try to change the subject or stop it because to me, that's crossing a line. And I think we ought to respect the Holy Spirit. Reminds me of something that happened to me years ago when I was about 18. I worked at United Parcel Service in Greenville, South Carolina while I was going to college. And I worked with students who went to an ultra-conservative uh, independent Baptist school in Greenville, okay? So if you're from Greenville, South Carolina, you probably have figured out what school I'm talking about. And, uh, but I'm just not going to say it, but I worked with several students there, and they were nice guys. They were nice to me, and we got along well until one particular day we were on break, and we were talking, and they found out that I was Pentecostal. And I saw a side of these guys I had never seen before. All of a sudden, they turned on me, and they didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't believe in speaking with other tongues. And they started asking me questions and, and, and sort of assaulting me verbally. And because I was 18 and, and because my knowledge was so limited, I didn't have the ability to defend myself. I didn't know how to come back with them with apologetic arguments, you know, with, to make a defense. I just had to sort of stand there and take their verbal punches. And I remember this one guy, he looked at me, I'll never forget this, and he said, you know, speaking in tongues is of the devil. He just looked at me like that, speaking in tongues is of the devil. And I said, no, it's not. And I couldn't come back, but I thought, man, 
you're on the verge of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because you're attributing something that is the work of God the Holy Spirit to the devil. That's what the Pharisees did. I'm telling you, this is a serious thing. You don't want to make fun of it. It reminds me of another event that happened in my life. Years ago, uh, when I was a kid, my, uh, my uncle, Bob Tyndall, who's gone on to be with the Lord, he died this past year. Uh, Bob was a, just an accomplished musician, pianist, and organist. And they lived in Dallas, Texas. And, and Bob got an invitation to go to First Baptist Dallas, which was a massive church, and to play the organ that morning. We were there for the holidays, all of the family, okay? Uh, our family and my grandparents, all of us had come together. I don't think it was Easter, if I remember. So we were all excited to get to go to this church. And the pastor at the time, he's gone on now to be with the Lord, but he was probably one of the most renowned preachers and pastors in America at that time. I'm not going to say his name, but but he was just just he was like a pillar man in the in the Southern Baptist denomination and was just so well known nationally and probably internationally. And so we thought here we're going to get a chance to hear this great pastor, this great we all went to church, we were excited and we get to church that morning and out of all the things he could have preached, I don't understand this, but that morning his entire message was a diatribe against the baptism with the Holy Spirit and against speaking in tongues. And here was my dad sitting there who was a ordained bishop in the church of God, had to just sit there and bite his tongue and put his hands up under, sit on his hands because he was about to drive him nuts. And we were just so disappointed. And what hurt me the most is that this great preacher, I mean, he was a great pastor, but in his ignorance, he said the same thing this fellow did at UPS, he, he said from the pulpit that speaking in tongues is of the devil. I'm just telling you, it's, it, we need to be careful because this is something that is the work of Almighty God, and it needs to be, it needs to be respected. Um, now, I want to talk about some more about speaking in tongues. I, I know there are a lot of mis, mis, mistaken concepts. Uh, some people think, for example, that when you speak in tongues, you, you know, you go into a trance, I guess your eyes roll back up in your head, they think, and, and you just sort of pass out or whatever. Uh, th- that's not the case. That's not true. Uh, when you speak in tongues, you speak voluntarily, okay? And, and you start, you make a decision to start in, in, with working with the Holy Spirit, and you can stop. All right, you can stop speaking in tongues when you want to. Um, what happens is the Holy Spirit moves on the person. For example, if it's me, the Holy Spirit moves on me, and as He does, I am divinely motivated to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives me the words to say. And so I yield myself and I yield my tongue to Him. And so I like to say it this way He initiates and I cooperate. See? So, you know, I'm not passed out or in a trance, but I'm very much aware of what's happening, and, it, and it's a very, a, a very a keenly, uh, I'm very keenly aware and very cute thing that's happening in my life, and it's spiritual. It's sort of the body, the mind, and the spirit working together with God. By the way, I think you find this interesting. Studies show that speaking in tongues is actually beneficial for your body and your mind. I, I did some research. Um, researchers from the University of Pennsylvania discovered that speaking in tongues produces a feeling of peace and well-being in those who engaged in the behavior. Isn't that something? 
they could they did a, you know where they mapped the, the brain and they can see what's happening in the brain and they said it just did these unbelievable things in the brain where it just gave peace and 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 helped the person that shows the power of God. A study in England suggested those who speak in tongues are more emotionally stable than those who did not. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I think that's hilarious because. Sometimes people think we Pentecostal people are, you know, emotionally unstable. Sometimes they just think we're emotional. But researchers in England found out that we who speak in tongues are the ones who are the most emotionally stable. I think that's pretty powerful right there. So what I want to do for the rest of this message is I want to tell you the purposes of speaking in tongues. Because I think that's the question a lot of people have is why do I need to do this? Pastor, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I love Jesus. Do I have to do this? What, what's the point? And so I want to talk about the points. I want to talk about the point of speaking in tongues. And there are actually four purposes in speaking in tongues. I'm going to show them to you, okay? Here's the first one. Tongues serve as the initial evidence, not the only evidence, but the initial evidence of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, I talked about this last Sunday if you didn't hear this, that message, I'd encourage you to go back and, and watch it and listen to it. Uh, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. And I believe that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, that you will know that you are filled because you will speak in a heavenly language. language. Um, I, I, I talked a little bit about this last week, the doorbell. When I, how do I know somebody's at my house? They ring the doorbell. And so when you are filled with the Spirit, you speak in tongues, and it's kind of the way the Holy Spirit rings the doorbell to let you know I'm here, okay? I've arrived. And if you read, <clears throat> excuse me, the book of Acts, speaking in tongues occurred four out of the five accounts of people being filled with the Spirit. Four out of the five. You say, well, what about that fifth one? Well, the fifth one was Paul. And, and Paul we know spoke in tongues. I mean, he, he, he kind of bragged about it in a good way, not a bad way. And so we know that Paul spoke in tongues. Now, there's one where it doesn't exactly say that he spoke in tongues, but it is so implied that the only answer is that it has to be speaking in tongues. Um, and so that's, that's the initial evidence. Um, repeatedly through the years, I have encountered those who long for the spirit infilling, but they get hindered by the thought of speaking in tongues. They, it's, like a, it's like a roadblock in front of them. It's, if they could just get past that, they could remove that, they could move forward, forward into being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so they say, I don't know about this tongues thing. I don't know if I can speak in tongues. I don't, I don't know about that. Listen, and I, I love to teach this. I've taught this for years. If you ever were in high school or college and you took a foreign language class, Spanish, French, German, whatever. A lot of people take Spanish, okay, in high school. Listen to me. If you ever took that class, guess what? You spoke in another tongue. That's right. It just happened to be the, 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 the language. You spoke in another language, the tongue. It was the language of Spanish. But you spoke, and you spoke as the teacher gave you the utterance. See, the, the disciples began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You spoke in Spanish as the teacher gave the utterance. So do you remember that? 
the teacher would say, okay, repeat after me. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. And you would repeat after the teacher and you were speaking in another language. And so if, if the teacher looked at you and said, el hombre está sentado en la silla. Okay, you would say, el hombre está sentado en la silla. It probably sounded like that because you didn't have that, you know, little Spanish flair there and, and accent. But you were repeating what the teacher said, okay? And by the way, that means the man is sitting in the chair. So just as you were willing and submissive <clears throat> to the teacher, you were willing to work with the teacher and you were submissive to the teacher. Listen to me. You know what the Holy Spirit's called in the Bible? The teacher. He's our teacher. And so when you submit to the Holy Teacher, the Holy Spirit, and you say, I'm willing to say whatever you want me to say. I, you give it to me, and I'll, I'll, I'll open my mouth, and I'll speak it. It might not sound great, but I'm going to say it. It may not make any sense to me because it's a foreign language. It's a heavenly language, but I trust you, and I'm going to speak it. See, if you can do that in a Spanish class, why can't you do that with the Holy Spirit? You can and that's why you, we need to downplay this thing where we're just, you know, making, ah, oh, speaking in tongues, oh, that's weird. No, it's, it's not. It's no different except God is the one that's telling you what to say. So when, when you are filled with the Spirit, I believe that you're going to speak in tongues. And let me tell you something. When you speak in tongues, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, nobody can ever talk you out of it. Nobody can ever say, well, you didn't really get filled with the Spirit. And you can say, oh, yes, I did because I did something I don't normally do on my own. I did something that was not natural, that was supernatural. I spoke in a heavenly language. So you cannot tell me or talk me out of what happened. I know that I got baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's what happened in the early church. It's what happened to me, and I know that I know that I know that I'm filled. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so that's the first one. The tongues serve as the initial evidence of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. All right, let me teach the second one. Tongues serve as a spiritual form of prayer. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, Paul said, He who speaks in a tongue, got it? He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Now, the simplest definition of prayer is speaking to God, right? When you pray, you speak to God. So you just put the dots together. Speaking in tongues can be a form of prayer. That's what Paul says. You can't make it say anything else. And there are other scriptures in the Bible that show this. Jude 20 says, Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. See? Praying in the Holy Spirit. So you can pray in tongues. So that means that you're praying in your language or you're, you're, maybe you're in church singing. And, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God moves on you. He initiates, you cooperate, and you begin to speak in tongues, and you're already filled with the Spirit. It's not the first thing I showed you. It's just, now, now this is something different. You're, you're praying to God the Father. The, the Son is praying through you to God the Father, and there's this heavenly interaction that's occurring, intercession that's occurring uh, in you by the power of God. So when you pray in, in, in the Spirit, you speak in tongues, and God the Spirit is talking through you to God the Father. And you don't know what you're saying. When I, when I pray in tongues, I don't know what I'm saying, but God does. 
Because God, the, the Spirit, is talking to God the Father. Now, the obvious question is, Pastor, why do I have to do that? Why can't I just pray in English? Well, that's a good question. You can pray in English. And Paul said, I will pray in my understanding. Okay, for us, that would be English. But he said, I'm also going to pray in the Spirit. Now, why? Here's what I think. There, there could be a number of reasons, but I think this is important. The devil knows every earthly language. I guarantee you the devil knows Spanish, English, French, German, Italian, Swahili, whatever. <clears throat> Portuguese, the devil knows every language. So any believer who prays in any known earthly language, the devil can hear what you're praying. And sometimes we pray about things that are serious and pray about things that have to do with our weaknesses and things that we're struggling with. And sometimes we, you don't need the devil to hear what you're praying because now the devil knows what you're struggling with and that gives him something to target, okay? But what happens when the Holy Spirit of God prays through you to God the Father, okay? It's like it's, like a, it's encoded, and I believe the devil doesn't understand what I pray when I pray in the Spirit. Remember I told you there are earthly languages, there's an angelic language, but then there's the divine language. Okay? So I think that when I pray in the Spirit, Satan's scratching his head saying, wow, now I, don't, I have no idea what he's talking about. Now there was a movie, you can, you can watch it, it's called Wind Talkers. It stars Nicolas Cage. It's set in World War II, and it's based on uh, real-life facts there, in World War II, the United States Marine Corps took Navajo Indians and, and brought them into the Marine Corps, and the Navajo language is so difficult and so unique that they said, we're going to use you and your language as the code so that we can send messages from one Navajo Indian to another, and they can talk, and the Japanese would hear it, and they never could break the code. And the whole movie called Wind Talkers is about this <clears throat> with Nicolas Cage. The, and, and if you study this, this really did happen. It's not just a movie. This, this was true in World War II. Here's what I think. I think when we pray through the Spirit, by the way, isn't it cool that in the Greek, the word for spirit is ruah or, or uh, pneuma, which is wind or breath or spirit. Isn't that cool? So when you talk about being a wind talker, yeah, I think when we pray in the Spirit, absolutely, we're a spirit talker. The Holy Spirit is praying through us, and the enemy cannot understand it, and it's encoded, and God, the, the Spirit speaks to God the Father and says, here's what's going on in their life. They need help. They need strength. They need wisdom. They need direction. They need edification, and then God responds and works in our life. I may not know what I'm saying, but the devil doesn't know what, what I'm saying. That's all that matters. That God knows what I'm saying, and here's what happens. Every time I've ever done that, when I finish praying in the Spirit, okay, I, I leave that moment feeling strengthened. Even though I don't know what I prayed, I have this sense that everything is going to be all right. God, God knows what's happening. God is working. God is intervening. I have a peace in my heart now. I, I, when I pray in my language, I may still be troubled because I'm crying out to God, but y'all, when I start praying in the Spirit and I get done, I'm like, "Woo! all right, now it's good. Everything's covered. God's got this. I just, I just had divine confirmation because God's, God's talked about this. God's prayed through me about this, and everything is going to work out, and everything's going to be all right. Woo, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now just, just talking about this. Hallelujah. So, so tongues, it can be a prayer language. Third, tongues serve 
as a spiritual gift. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10, Paul lists the nine gifts of the Spirit, okay? <clears throat> nine gifts of the Spirit. Two of those gifts is the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation, okay? And so there is a purpose for tongues in a public gathering. So let me explain that to you. The, the, gift, the spiritual gift of tongues is this. Tongues are spoken out loud in a public gathering of worship, and an encouraging or edifying message is given to the church in their language through the gift of interpretation. All right, so this happens at our church. Uh, I could be preaching or it's in between songs, whatever, and suddenly the Holy Spirit moves on some. It could be me, could be somebody, a member sitting on the congregation, and, <clears throat> excuse me, they all of a sudden just give out this message in tongues, and it's, and it's loud, and it's forceful, and when it happens, we just stop everything we're doing. We just stop. And that message comes out, and everybody just gets reverent, and the message in tongues is given. We don't know what they're saying. It's a message in tongues. And then what happens is either that person or somebody else, God gives them the interpretation, and they speak, except they speak in English, and they speak this word to the church that's, that builds us up, that strengthens us, that strengthens us, that guides us, whatever, that, that just challenges us. Maybe it's a call to sinners to get saved, but it's just, just I mean, it's powerful. Y'all, when it happens, like if you're not used to it, it, it may unnerve you, but once you realize it's the work of God, it'll just overwhelm you because you'll just feel the overwhelming presence and power of God in the church when it happens. It's almost like you can just reach out and touch Jesus in the house. Now, I'm going to give you some guidelines for this. There are guidelines that Paul gives for speaking in tongues. First of all, the person who gives the message in tongues is supposed to pray that God gives them the interpretation. So if you ever do this, that when you finish speaking in tongues, then you need to start praying quietly to yourself. Now, Lord, please give me the interpretation. And you need to be willing and ready to speak out loud in, in, in English for be for us the interpretation so that you can edify the body. Some people love to give out the message in tongues, but they need to take it further and go the rest of the way and say, oh, God, give me the interpretation so that the church can be edified and build up. Paul said two, or at the most three, individuals are permitted to give a message in tongues during the worship service, each in turn with somebody interpreting each message. So you can't have two people giving a message out at the same time. Uh, I've had that happen before, and I've stopped it. And I've, I've known the people, I'd say, all right, you go first. And they would give out the message in tongues. And I'd say, all right, now you go next. And if it's God, they'll have it. And they'll give, and then, or vice versa. I had two people try to give the interpretation at the same time. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. God's not the author of confusion. All things be done decently in order. This is confusing. Stop. Joe, you go first. And they would give them. They're done. I'd say, okay, Bill, you're next. And they would give it. And you see, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. And so it has to be done in order, all right? Um, a message in tongues, uh, you need to know this, is interpreted, not translated. So if you translate, el hombre está sentado en la silla. El hombre is the man. Está sentado means is sitting. En la silla means in the chair. I can translate that. I can get Google Translate and translate what that means. But this is not the gift of translation, it's the gift of interpretation. So if you're ever in a service and the message in tongues is long, but then the interpretation is short or vice versa, it's okay. Because it's not about a translation, it's about 
and interpretation, okay? So some people get, you know, will start questioning, was that wrong? No, it's not wrong it, it, because it's not a word-for-word -word translation. So some people believe that prophecy is more valuable than the gift of tongues and interpretation uh, or maybe the gift of tongues, and, and it is because the gift of prophecy, a word comes forth that's in our language, for us English. But it's not more valuable than the gift of tongues as long as the gift of interpretation is utilized. Then they both do the same thing, okay? Both are gifts used by the Spirit to encourage, improve, and instruct the congregation. So you might say, well, then why do we need gift of tongues interpretation? Why don't we just have prophecy? Because that's in our language. Well, Paul said that the gift of tongues, somebody just speaking out loud and that and speaking in another tongue, you know, is a sign to the unbeliever. So here's what can happen. And I, I've been pastoring for 32 years, and I've seen this. You'll have somebody out here in the back row that's a sinner, and they've sat through the praise and worship totally unaffected. They're sitting through my message totally unaffected. They've tuned me out. Maybe somebody invited them. They're looking at their watch. They're ready to go when all of a sudden somebody gives out a message in tongues. Buddy, you watch them. They're sitting there totally totally oblivious, and all of a sudden they'll pop up, they'll get on the edge of their seat, their eyes will get that big, their head's doing this, and what is, it's a sign. Now, what do signs do? Signs get your attention. If I want to go to McDonald's, I look for the golden arches, right? If I want to go to Chick-fil-A, I look for that big chicken, chicken head in the sky, right, to go to Chick-fil-A. It's a sign, all right, gets my attention. Well, God knows how to get sinner's attention, he'll just have somebody speak out in tongues. Well, then that sinner, he's got their attention. Then the word is given, the interpretation. And I've seen where the interpretation has literally been an appeal to sinners. See, this is supernatural. That's why I have a problem with Pentecostal pastors who have said, we're not going to have the gifts in our services. You can do that in your life group. You can do that in your home, but you're not going to do that in the church because that might offend the guests, and that might turn off people that are sinners, and you might confuse them, and they, they think they know better than God. Listen to me. You don't stop the move of the Holy Spirit if you want to see a sinner saved. You open the door and say, Holy Spirit, have your way and do what you want to do in this place because you can deal with them a whole lot better than I can. And we need the move and the power and the work of the Holy Ghost. Um, <clears throat> here's another thing I want to talk about. Sometimes spirit-filled believers will confuse the message in tongues, or the gift of tongues, I should say, with the prayer language. Now, this is a real common in, in Pentecostal churches. Somebody is used to praying in tongues, and they get in church, and God's moving, and they're really blessed and they're, the Holy Spirit's just wanting to pray through them and personally encourage them and minister to them and touch them and pray through them. But they, they don't know the difference. And this, so they'll just start praying, but they'll pray louder and louder, and they start getting real loud. Well, the congregation thinks because they're getting loud that it's a message in tongues. So everybody kind of stops, like I said we do. And they're just, now, they're, now they're, they're, they're speaking out loud. The problem is it's not a message in tongues. It's the prayer language. So when they finish, we're all waiting for an interpretation, and there's not one because it was not a message in tongues, which then creates confusion in the church. And I've learned that if that happens, it's my responsibility as a pastor to go to that person and say to them, listen, we need to talk about what happened in church. Did you realize that you didn't have a message in tongues 
you had a prayer language, you got, you got loud and you interrupted the service, you caused confusion, you can't do that. That's why Paul said if there's no interpretation, let the person be silent in the church and speak, speak to God. How can you be silent and speak to God? He's saying be silent, don't pray out loud, don't speak out loud in tongues, but you need to just keep praying and talking to Jesus. And if you're going to do that, even if you're going to pray in tongues, pray quietly to God in your prayer language right there in your little zone, but don't interrupt the service. And these are things that for some of you, you may say, man, Pastor, I've never in, 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 interacted with anything like this. I've never, I've never experienced anything like this. And others are going to be saying, oh, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it plenty of times. And I think the problem in, our, in a spirit-filled church is, is that we've been huge on experience, but I don't think we've done very well with knowledge and teaching. And I think we need to do both. And I, and I have a habit. Um, I, I, when we have the gift of, of tongues and interpretation in our church, after that spiritual moment has occurred and there might be some exhortation, whatever, I try, I, I do it pretty faithfully. I stop and I say, okay, let me explain what just happened. And I'll explain that we just had a gift of tongues and a gift of interpretation. It's in 1 Corinthians 14. I'll explain it. And I cannot tell you the number of times where people in our church who this was new, a new experience for them, and they said, Pastor, it unnerved me at first, but then when you showed me in the scriptures and you explained it, then it made everything okay. And, and so I think that's why I'm teaching on this and preaching on this because people so misunderstand what it means to be spirit-filled. Just like they think we handle snakes, we don't. And we do speak in tongues, but we understand that there is structure and there's order and there are guidelines that God has given us. And I, and I just think we don't need to be we don't need to be stopping people from speaking in tongues. I, I think we need to be encouraging people to, to, to speak in tongues. Paul said, don't for, forbid people to speak in tongues. I think we ought to be encouraging people to be filled with the Spirit and learn how to operate in that spiritual realm. It's a very spiritual experience. You know, our problem is we're too fleshly. We're so carnal. We pray to get through a prayer. We read our Bible to check it off our list instead of just communing with God. But what you'll find out is if you just get along with God and commune with God and learn how to open your spirit to God and just say, God, work in my life spiritually, oh, it just opens up a whole realm, a whole world for you. Here's the last one. The last purpose of tongues is, is that sometimes speaking in tongues actually serves as a foreign language. And this is what I referred to earlier when you are speaking in a language that is of this earth, but it's not known to you. This actually happened, uh, and this happens a lot on the mission field. If you want to be honest, this happens on the mission field. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost with the disciples. In Acts chapter 2, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 4, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I believe that they spoke in that heavenly language. <clears throat> but the Bible says that the apostles, okay, who were all from Galilee, uh, went outside of that house and into the street, and it was the Feast of Pentecost. So there were literally thousands of people there from all over the world, and I am convinced that God changed their speaking in tongues from a heavenly language then to known languages because that's what the people said. How are these Galileans who speak Aramaic Speaking in all these different languages that are represented here, we are we are hearing them. You know, Bartholomew was speaking Egyptian, and 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 John was speaking uh, another language, and, and they were just each one, and they didn't know these languages, but they were speaking them, okay, as if they were fluent, 
And they said, how are these, the, aren't, they, aren't all these men Galileans? How do we hear them speaking the wonderful works of God in our language? So God enabled them that day to speak in a language that they had, they had never learned, ultimately to open the door for them to preach the gospel. And Peter did, and 3,000 souls were saved that day. <clears throat> um, I remember years ago hearing this story. It's a true story of a, of a man who went to Japan. And, you know, there aren't a lot of, Christianity is not big in Japan, and especially Pentecostal churches, but we have them. And there was a Pentecostal church in Japan, and this pastor, preacher went there to speak. He preached that night, gave an altar call, and the, the, the people, of course, in the altar were Japanese. And as he was down praying with those people, he had his translator with him. He came upon a Japanese woman who was praising God in the most beautiful English. Well, if you've ever traveled overseas like I have, if you can find anybody that speaks English and you're in a land where English is not the, the language, boy, you gravitate to those people. So right that he kind of marked that woman, and right after church, he went up to her because he wanted to talk to her in English. Well, as he tried to talk to her in English, all she could speak back was Japanese. She, she couldn't understand him. <clears throat> and so the, the, the preacher said to his translator, he said, look, tell her to speak in English to me. And she said back, I don't know English. And he said, well, tell her that in the altar, she was praising God in English. And she responded, the translator looked at him and said, she said to tell you she was speaking in tongues. See, for her, speaking in tongues, turned God turned it into English to show this guy his power just to glorify, to be glorified that, that for her, the foreign language was English. Isn't that powerful? My, my whole point is this. The power of God is real. And yes, speaking in tongues is real. And yes, supernatural. And, and, and we don't need to shut it off because of our background. We don't need to shut it off from our life because, because we're scared or because it unnerves us or because we're going to lose, think we're going to lose control. We are just cutting off one of the most powerful things that we can ever have in our life, and that is this tremendous operation of the Holy Spirit within us. I, I want to close with this. Pastor Billy, you can play. I want to close with this. Um, Leah and I have uh, two wonderful friends of ours from college you know your college friends are your friends for life Kevin and Renee Summit they live in Savannah Georgia and Kevin um, had a great grandmother her name was Grandma Butler and so that would have been obviously Kevin's grandmother's mom and she went to church um, there in the uh, I think in the Gastonia North Carolina area my grandfather my pap also star actually pastored her and, and the family um Grandma Butler was both blind and, and, and deaf, or deaf and mute, excuse me. So she couldn't hear and she couldn't speak. Deaf and mute, she could see. And so the only way she could communicate was through sign language, obviously with the sight. So Kevin's grandmother, her Grandma Butler's daughter, would translate sign language rather the message when my papaw would preach in church. So she would do sign language while papaw preached so that at least Grandma Butler could get the message. One, one Sunday night, my grandfather preached a message called being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he talked about being filled with the Spirit and he talked about how you're going to speak in tongues and it's the initial evidence. And, and Kevin's grandmother is signing to her mom, Grandma Butler, this. And they said, this is a true story, that all of a sudden the Spirit of God came on Grandma Butler 
who is deaf cannot hear, who is mute cannot speak, and the Spirit of God came on her, and right then, a woman who couldn't speak. Ooh, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. I don't know if y'all feel the Holy Ghost through that, through this screen right now, but I'm feeling the Holy Ghost, Pastor Billy. Ooh, I'm about to shout. I'm about to speak in tongues right here. Grandma Butler started speaking in other tongues. A woman who was deaf and mute started speaking in other tongues. They couldn't believe it, yet they did because it was the power of God. She spoke in tongues. God filled her with the Holy Spirit. She prayed in that heavenly language. And when the Holy Spirit ceased, Grandma Butler couldn't hear and couldn't say a word. All she could do was grunt. But listen, that wasn't a one and done situation. After that, as long as Grandma Butler lived, when the Holy Spirit would begin to move in that church, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. And the power of God would come on Grandma Butler, that woman who could only be communicated with with sign language, all of a sudden would once again begin to speak in tongues. Couldn't speak any other way. Couldn't, couldn't hear, couldn't speak. But she would speak in tongues. And this happened time after time after time. Let me tell you something. You can't tell me it's not real. You can't tell me it's not the power of God. And we need to get hungry once again for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We need to get hungry for the speaking in tongues in our life and praying in the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit. We need to get ourselves open one more time for the power of God. And I know, I know, Pastor Billy, I'm not preaching, you know, a message about faith and fear with this coronavirus. I was really, I was really tempted to do that. But I thought, you know, I'm going to stick with this message because if there's anything that'll get us through the crises that we face in our life, whether it's personal or national, Woo, hallelujah. It is the presence and the power of Almighty God. It is the supernatural power of God that will get us through. And when things get rough with this coronavirus, if you lose your job or, or, you, or the economy's bad or, or you're losing your retirement because the stock market is dropping and you don't think you can make it, let me tell you what the Holy Spirit will do. You're in prayer agonizing, and when you finish praying, the Holy Ghost will pray over and, or, or start praying, and he'll pray through you, and you'll pray in tongues. And when you get through, you'll get up saying, I know things are still bad, but I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I got a feeling God's got this and I'm going to go ahead and face this day with the confidence and the assurance that God is on my side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just, I know you're probably there at home, but just bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you for the privilege to preach this message. I thank you for the technology that allows me to preach this message and to connect with my church and my church family. God, I just pray right now that, Lord, as people are at home or watching this on TV or on a computer screen or on their phone, that, God, your presence and spirit would fill that room. God, if families are in there, the Spirit of God would fill that room, that, God, people would be baptized with the Holy Spirit while they're sitting in their house. So they would speak in other tongues while the Spirit gives them the utterance in their house, that, God, the presence and the power of God would be real. And that, God, you would release your power in our lives and you would help us through this season that we're going through nationally as a nation and in our society and personally, God, our economy, everything, God. We need your power. We need your power. We need Holy Spirit power, God. Break this coronavirus curse and, God, restore our nation. And, God, give us a heart for God once again in America. And so I just praise you and thank you for it, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah.
Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.